The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Happy Epiphany. Happy Epiphany. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the same ring as Merry Christmas, I know. <laughs> one of the uh, things that we seem to have lost in the Western Church is the appreciation for the Epiphany. And uh, today, this morning, I hope to... Uh, bring some sense to you of what Epiphany might be for us and certainly what it is today for many Christians, at least in the Eastern Church. On the day of Epiphany, on the 6th of January, we would have heard the lesson about the coming of the Magi. And that's one of the themes of Epiphany is the, uh, the revealing of Christ, not just for the Jewish people, but for Gentiles, for all people. All were welcome to receive this gift of God. And then, of course, as we go through the Sundays after Epiphany, we will be exposed to a number of the stories about Jesus that help to reveal him as the Christ, the Messiah, and as the Son of God. So those are a couple of the themes that are important in Epiphany. But I think the one that we especially want to focus on today, of course, is the baptism of Jesus. And to see that as sort of the centerpiece of what Epiphany might mean for us. Prior to the uh, third century, uh, the, the baptism of Jesus was observed uh, as a very important day. And, the, uh, and Christmas was observed actually later than that. So to the early Christians, uh, one could assume that the baptism of Jesus was very important to their understanding of who they were as Christians and their understanding of Jesus. And the details of his birth were really less important. In fact, to the early Christians, uh, Jesus' baptism was so important that it was celebrated along with Easter and Pentecost. So Easter, Pentecost and Epiphany were the big feasts of the church. And we've certainly moved a long way away from that. But I think it's important for us to consider what Jesus' baptism means. First of all, what it meant uh, to Jesus, and then to see what it might mean to us as Christians today. To do that, I think one place I'd like to start is 
to imagine the scene of Jesus' baptism. I think that many of us have been influenced over the years by uh, those wonderful paintings of the Renaissance uh, where we see these perfect situations in which uh, the great events of Scripture take place. And certainly Jesus' baptism was often depicted as one of those with Jesus out in this uh, beautiful, uh, uh, wonderful uh, setting out in the countryside, standing in the River Jordan and John beside him and perhaps pouring water over him and then seeing the dove coming down from above, the sign of the Holy Spirit. But if you've ever been in the Middle East, and I've said this before, and I know many of you have been there, you know that whenever you get a large group of people together, there will be chaos. And it's not just in the Middle East, by the way, but it's certainly very prevalent there. And if you can imagine then that this man, John, who had been the son, he was a preacher's kid, you know, he had been born to the household of a priest of the temple. And like a number of uh, PKs, he seemed to have gone a bit astray. His father, I'm sure, would rather that he not be out in the wilderness, standing there in uh, animal skins, eating insects and honey. This guy had really gone off the rails. (laughs) But John's message was so compelling that in one of the Gospels, it says that, that all of Jerusalem was going out to hear him preach. He was proclaiming a message that said, repent, turn. And he was inviting people into a new life. And the sign of that new life was this uh, ritual washing that would occur in the Jordan. So if you can imagine Jesus coming into that scene with perhaps crowds all around him of all sorts of people, all ages, People who were tax collectors, perhaps prostitutes, people who had abused their neighbors, people who really needed and were looking for a new life and a new beginning. And Jesus comes into that scene and steps into that muddy water of the Jordan and invites John to baptize him. I think that that gives an entirely different picture of what Jesus was doing. Because I believe for us and for the world, the thing that's so important about that image is that Jesus was, in a sense, putting a gigantic exclamation mark on the incarnation. God is with us. And God's not just with us when we're perfect or when we're at church or when everything is going just right in our household. God is with us in our sin when we are seeking a new life. God is with us in our pain. God is with us in our grief. God is with us when we seek something new from God. And Jesus stood in the muddy waters of the Jordan and stood with those who had sinned and declared, I am with you. God is with you. I think that's the first image that we need to see. I think it's so important for us to see that God wants to be with us. God wants to be present with us. Another thing that is very interesting about this passage that I think relates to that is that in Luke's uh, depiction of the baptism, we really don't see that John does the baptism at all. It just says that after all the people had been baptized and after Jesus had been baptized, he prayed. And then the spirit came upon him. Prayer is is an important theme in Luke, as well as the importance of the Holy Spirit. 
And I think it's important for us also to recognize that the Holy Spirit comes to us when we open ourselves to the Spirit in prayer. So the, the idea of praying and expecting the possibility of the Spirit in our lives to help us to be new beings is important as well. And then we hear at the end of that passage that a voice comes from heaven and says, My beloved, in you I am well pleased. In you I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't done a thing to deserve that kind of a comment from God. Jesus had done nothing. And yet God was saying to him, in you I am well pleased. We live in a culture which uh, seems to only value people by what they achieve. And it seems to me that the gospel is saying that God's values are different from that. God values us for who we are, not for what we accomplish. And to think of ourselves as being loved without having accomplished anything for God. Could that be possible for you or for me? Could we imagine the possibility that God loves us so much that we don't have to prove it to God? We don't have to do anything in order for God or earn in any way God's love. Every one of us present here today is loved by God. I think that's the first thing that I want to raise before us is this uh, recognition that the incarnation really finds its completeness as Jesus is baptized and that it's a great declaration of God's love for us and for indeed for the entire world. The second thing, though, that I think we should notice is that this is a commissioning of Jesus for ministry. It uh, happens at approximately age 30 for him. And some believe that at the time that Jesus lived in Galilee, there were small groups of men who would often gather. And even though they had their other occupations, we would say they were lay people. They were not they were not rabbis, but they would come together and argue about the law. And that's one of the wonderful things about the Jewish tradition. There's real argument about what God is saying in the law. And Jesus, we see, carries that into his ministry when he encounters the Pharisees. He argues with them in a good rabbinical way. And they really take the texts apart to see what it is that God is saying. So he has had some preparation, certainly, because he is, as we hear him in his ministry, he has a very clear message. There has developed within him a pretty clear understanding of what the good news of God is. But I think, at least for me, I hear in these baptismal accounts that it is precisely at this point that Jesus realizes that he is the Messiah, that he realizes that he is someone who has a mission that is to take God's good news into the world in a way that has never been done before and with power that has never existed before. And I believe that when we are baptized, we are also called into that mission of God and the mission that Jesus had. We are called when we are baptized, we are called to take on the mission of God, to bring in the reign of God, to make a difference in the world in which we live. We are called to open ourselves to the spirit as Jesus did through prayer. And to welcome the change that that spirit might bring in our lives. 
I know that many of you have known people whose lives have been changed in dramatic ways. And I can think of times in my own life when there have been dramatic changes that have come about. And as I look back on them, on them, I, I think, how could that have ever happened? I believe that's how the spirit works in our lives. So today, as we celebrate the, the uh, baptism of Aubrey, and as we bring Aubrey into the household of God, into the body of Christ, we are inviting Aubrey to be with us in God's mission and to look upon this world as a place that is eager to hear the good news, as a place that needs the love of God, as a place that needs as people who need to know that they are loved, that God loves them. I believe that that is the message for us as we stand at the water of baptism. And remember, the love of God poured out upon us in such abundance. Amen. Amen.